Off the ball on News Talk in association with the Air Sport app, allowing you to cast your favourite sporting action from your tablet or mobile phone straight to your TV. Is just going to hand off and then ignore him. He's not doing anything, and there he goes. And immediately Chris Long knew he was in trouble, and Brady with the bad hand and no tape. And they're going to snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles, touchdown. And watch all the action. Bowles is going to sneak over here, direct snap, everybody comes up, and here we go. What a play call by Doug Peterson. This play call has a chance to be remembered as one of the all-time greats just going for it. Yeah, Kevin Cullen from the Boston Globe is on the line, reliving the pain, Kevin. <laughs> I don't know, Joe, did you see the piece that I wrote that's going to be in the Globe today? Or actually, it's going to be in the paper tomorrow, but it's going to be online. Um, I was extremely magnanimous, and um, I began by my column by running a quote from Donald Trump in 2016, and that quote is, we're going to win so much, you're going to get tired of winning. And as I said, let the pigs fly, let hell freeze over, and whatever you do, pass me the Jameson and the Valium, because it's true. For once, I agree with Donald Trump. We got tired of winning. Uh, this has been the only, this way I can, the only way I can explain my sort of serene and catatonic response. And I got I, I to be totally honest with you. My reaction, I was watching the game with the great Rosie Rosenthal, who was a Boston Globe reporter in the 70s and then went to Philadelphia and became the editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer. We're down here in Virginia helping some uh, female veterans of war get get to their writing and all that kind of stuff. And Rosie turned to me during the game and said, can't you let Philly win one? And you know what? It turned out to be very easy. We let them win one. And uh, you know what? You said it. They deserved it. They absolutely deserved the win. The Eagles did what they had to do. Nick Foles had to be great, and he was great. Mm. So, Kevin, talk to us about the nature of this game. Nobody quite expected uh, both offenses to do uh, so well. Nobody was expecting a 41-33 type scoreline here. You know, I would say that I did. It's not that I didn't expect the offenses to do so well. I just expected the defenses to play a little better. Right from the get-go, there was um, some controversy. I didn't even notice it in watching the game. I only found out after the game that Bill Belichick, Belichick um, benched Malcolm Butler, who was the hero of the Super Bowl win over the Seattle Seahawks, when he stepped in front of perhaps the stupidest call ever made by Pete Carroll or any coach. Super Bowl history when they threw that slant pass a few mm. years ago. Malcolm Butler is a pretty good cover corner. And um, at the last minute, I guess, Belichick decided to go with Eric Rowe over Malcolm Butler. And I think a lot of Patriots fans today are wondering, that was a game, and we saw at the very end, that the turnover really killed the Patriots' chance to go march down the field and go ahead. Uh, could Malcolm Butler have produced a turnover, a takeaway that would have changed? We'll never know that. But the reality is the defenses on both sides were extremely porous. Joe, there was one punt in that game, one punt by yeah. the Eagles. 
So it was, I I actually thought, you know, is is scintillating and as crazy last year's comeback against the Atlanta Falcons was, this is the most entertaining Super Bowl, certainly, that I've watched that involved the Patriots and perhaps the most entertaining one I've ever seen. It was just a good football game. It went up and down the field. If you had closed your eyes and just listened, you would have thought it was Alabama and Georgia playing for the SEC title. It was Mm. just amazing. Because I mentioned at the top, Tom Brady threw the most yards ever in a Super Bowl. Unfortunately for him, perhaps, the lingering image, because it's almost iconic instantly, uh, the people may have, is uh, the trick play and him just fumbling uh, that catch. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the the, you could say the difference in the game is that uh, the the, uh, Eagles quarterback is a better receiver than Tom Brady. (laughs) But, you know, funny because millions of Patriots fans, my, my reaction to that, Joe, was not original. Millions of Patriots fans drifted back to that uh, when they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl the last time. If you recall, there were a number of drops, particularly a crucial one by Wes Welker. And when Giselle Bunchen, the Brazilian supermodel who's married to Tom Brady, was leaving the stadium, some guy yelled out, you know, I don't know, something about your husband's a bum or something to that effect. And Giselle yelled back, he can't throw it and catch it at the same time. And you know what? I watched that play last night and I said, hey, Giselle was right. Mm. So Brady's performance is exceptional. I mean, he is not the guy to blame here. No, I I mean, if you're going to place any blame, first of all, I'm I'm always one. I always look at the glass being half full. So I'm, I'm more prepared today to give credit to Doug Peterson and his aggressive game calling. I mean, Mm. I, I think. There were, there were several, it's not one, two, three, there were probably about five or six plays that, that Peterson, be, you know, you could start with the, the throw to, to, to Foles for the touchdown. Yeah, just before halftime. Really, I was really struck, Joe, and I'd have to go back and look at the time, but I want to say there was five minutes and change, and it was fourth down, and the Eagles uh, could have kicked the field goal, but you know what? Doug Peterson sitting there and saying, you know what? I, I, I can't put myself in a position that Tom Brady marches down the field and kicks. And all he has to do is set up a field goal to beat us. We're not going to do that. So he we went for it on fourth down. And they just got it. Ertz just got the – and it was a gutsy call. And mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if Belichick makes that call. So I, nice. I, my, my idea, instead of, instead of assigning blame – and there's loads of blame to go around in any loss – but I would just say I would tip my cap to the Eagles and particularly to Peterson. He's he played like this all year. He's been aggressive when other teams might be a little more conservative and just go with the punt or whatever. And I think that was that was the and if I had to pick one play, that was when they went for, for on fourth down to, and one yard to go. And it would have been much more conservative to kick the ball. He went for it and they won the game as a result. And that attitude of Doug Peterson's and um, the Eagles at large is often so rare when you're talking about the Patriots because everybody knows they will come back, they will come back strong and there is almost an element of stage fright. And maybe if we just sit here tight and hang on for dear life, they might not catch us as opposed to let's be ambitious and let's kick on Mm -hmm. and let's win the game ourselves as opposed to hoping they won't catch us. And that's maybe a crucial thing when it comes to the Patriots. I mean, the other really interesting um, uh, uh, subplot here is is Noel, or is Foles rather. So, uh, like, Carson Wentz gets injured 
um, mm-hmm. and everybody's thinking disastrous. And now Foles has delivered right. in a big way. So what for Foles now? What what do Philadelphia do with uh, Wens and Foles in their ranks? That's a good question. I, I uh, you know, winning that Super Bowl is not going to jump Foles ahead of Wentz in the talent pool. Just say, presuming Wentz comes back fully recovered from his injury. And I think there were a number of quotes by Eagles players after the game. It's probably a little too soon after to address that. But, you know, just because he won this iconic game, Nick Foles is not a better quarterback than than Carson Wentz. But I think that was one of the greatest performances by a guy that would be a backup quarterback in, in the history of football. It's very interesting to see him after the game. Um, he's one of these Christian guys, and sometimes I can be dismissive of Christian guys because I'm a I'm basically a heretic, and I, I, that's what I am. But anyway, th- he was he just seemed absolutely at peace with himself. He was holding his daughter. He had the protective earmuffs on the on the little girl, and Nick Foles just you know what a lot of these Christian guys say. It, it all all the all the credit goes to Jesus, my Savior, and all that mm. stuff. But you know it really mattered in this case because. I got the sense from a guy like Nick Foles, if he lost the game, he would have picked up his daughter with exactly the same demeanor as he picked her up after he won and became the, and was announced, it was, you know, proclaimed the MVP of the Super Bowl. Mm. The guy just seems to have an even keel, and that's exactly what he needed to go up against. He, he, he didn't strike me as a guy who sat there and said, oh, my God, I'm going up against Tom Brady. He was a guy that says, I'm going to go out and do the best I can. And he was terrific. And again, we talked about this last time, Joe, going over the top. Um, frankly, Nick Foles was better going downfield and going over the top than Tom Brady was. As right. good as Brady was, Foles was better in that facet of the game. I have a very uh, rigid time clock uh, every Super Bowl year in that uh, precisely about 10 minutes into the third quarter, my body says no. You are done. We are shutting this down and you ain't hanging on. So I, I tend to have to watch these things back in the morning. I haven't had a chance to watch the fourth quarter back this morning. Did I read Tom Brady didn't shake uh, Foles' hand that he, he he took off? That's quite unusual. It, yeah, I, I'm not absolutely sure. But the, I actually said to my buddy Rosie when I was watching, I said, it looks like Brady just ran off the field. Or uh, they sir, I, I know for a fact I did not see it on television. I saw Bill Belichick go through the... Look like a scrum to get to Doug Peterson, and they embraced, and they actually hugged each other for what seemed like quite a while, and they spoke to each other. But the image I saw of uh, Brady was him running off uh, off the field, mm. and it, I certainly didn't see a televised image of him congratulating Foles, which in some respect I think is bad form, but I also think it shows how uh, upset Brady was. Right. Um, and his press conference, he was very, he was his usual self. He was obviously dejected, but he was pretty classy. And he said all the right things about the Eagles. Although I don't know, I don't recall hearing, I didn't hear his full, but I didn't hear, I didn't hear any fulsome praise for Foles, but maybe I just missed that. Okay, I'm sure that will emerge in the next few days. Because I saw Gronkowski uh, did flirt with the idea of retirement, or certainly didn't say it wasn't a possibility. Right. What about Brady? No, no way. No chance. Uh, he, I mean, he's made it clear. That's exa- That's why ta- t- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Brady has made it very clear that he wants to play into his mid-40s. And, and actually, I think he basically wants to play as long as he's good and as long as he can do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more complicated in the sense that this is now tied up into his post-career career, which is the TB12 
health method and all that stuff that we, you and I have talked about mm. with Alex Guerrero. And it's, it's almost, you know, the two things are so intertwined. For Tom's brand to maximize its potential, at least in his view, he has to be the oldest serving quarterback in the history of the NFL. Okay. I mean, let's face it, Joe, it's hard to argue that Brady isn't at the top of his game, that he is one or two of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. And there's no reason, put it this way, Joe, I always ask, whenever we talk about anything, I always say, what do the bookies say? Hmm. And the bookies already have established the Patriots is the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. Right, okay. So that says a lot about Tom Brady. It does, and uh, potentially and you, answers. Joe, you like you like Irish comparisons, right? I sure shoot. You like Irish comparisons? Yeah, let's have them. I would compare it to. I, I wasn't in Dublin for the football final last September, but I had a several friends who were, and they were Dubs. And I said, "What was the buzz like after?" And they said, "You know, we were in, we were in a pub." Um, down in Bagger Street, and there were a number of Mayo guys there, and I, we kind of felt bad for them. Mm. That you know what, it would have been okay. We could have done with losing to Mayo because they are just so good and they are always so close. It wouldn't have killed us, as my friend Ado Brown put it. It yeah. wouldn't have killed us to lose one to them. Yeah, I guess. And I, I thought I, I don't know how widespread that is. I don't you know, but and I, I certainly never heard that from anybody in Kerry saying anything like that. But I really do think there is that sort of magnanimity in a lot of Patriots fans that if they had to lose, they lost. They didn't lose on a fluke play. Mm. They didn't lose on a cheap call. They lost to a team that took it to the Patriots and beat them at their own game by being aggressive and by having a trick play that they hadn't showed before mm. and surprising the heck out of the defense. And all you can do is tip your hat to it. And the other thing, Joe, that I love, they kept showing this old guy in the stands in one of the boxes. His name was Phil Banner. And so this morning I got up really early at 6 o'clock and I looked up, who the hell is Phil Banner? Turns out that Phil Banner was born in Philadelphia and was four years old. His mother died. His dad couldn't cope with it, so he put Phil and his little sister Rose into a, a uh, basically a foster home or an orphanage in the, in the Germantown section of Philly. And when uh, Phil was eight years old, his sister died, so he was alone. And in 1933, when the Eagles played their first game, Phil Banner was there. He was a lifelong Eagles fan, never saw them, you know, obviously did, saw them won at the championship, but before the Super Bowl era. And Phil Banner couldn't go to any Eagles games through most, most of the 40s and, and the early 50s because he was serving his country in, in, in war. And this is a guy who, you know, came back from war, started a family, raised some kids, his daughter, Faith, died when she was 44 years old from cancer. His daughter got very wealthy with her husband, and they donated $55 million to the University of Pennsylvania Cancer Center in Philadelphia. And last April, Phil Banner's wife, a girl who grew up in Philly, she died at 89 after 65 years of marriage, and she didn't get to see this championship. But Phil did. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here and begrudge a great American like Phil Banner the opportunity to relish this. And as I said in my column today, enjoy the ride, Mr. Banner. Thank you for your service and thank you for your wonderful family. Hmm. Wow. And uh, final point, I presume the scenes in Philadelphia have been as amazing as I would expect given a 58-year wait. Of course, I, you know, I haven't really seen much of it, but I hope they're celebrating well. Apparently, they saved the Crisco for the uh, fried chicken because they're not putting it on the poles right <laughs> they, now. They, they greased the poles sure uh, the last steaks, came out, yeah. They did. 
last time, but it, did, it didn't work. Those lunatics were able to scramble up them anyway. But, you know, like I said, I just don't begrudge people that. It's great. The next time I see my buddies, the kids that I, you know, went to Trinity College with, the Philly boys, those lunatics, we're going to be able to have a shared experience that, in, you know, in our 58 years we never had. We both were there when our teams won the Super Bowl. And in fact, we're going to, we're going to Ireland next year. I would tell all the pubs that at the back of Trinity Gate, from Kennedy's on down to the Lincoln Inn, lock the doors. Huh. We might try and wrestle you in here for half an hour if you don't mind. Kevin Cullen from the Boston Globe. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Off the ball on News Talk in association with the Air Sport app, allowing you to cast your favorite sporting action from your tablet or mobile phone straight to your TV.